Holly G with the Golf Insiders. My pleasure to have Steve Eubanks of the LPGA with me today on the first round of the Women's U.S. Open out in historic San Francisco and the Olympic Club. Steve, this is a big venue for the women's best. It really is. It's, I mean, you've got the greatest players in the world here, and they are thrilled to be here. There's uh, the, the comments that I have heard about the golf course have been really extraordinary. Everybody loves it. They love being here. They love the fact that they're able to come to this kind of an historic venue and, and really, you know, showcase that, you know, they've got skills as well. And I think if you, um, if you look at what's happened in the first round, uh, you see that. Well, um, we'll get to that in just a minute. I want to talk about, you know, the, the breaking news, which, you know, now has uh, gotten the attention of a lot of uh, us fans in the golf world that the LPGA has named their new commissioner. And uh, exciting background that uh, Molly, uh, let me get this right, is it Marco Saman? Marco. Marco. Molly Marco Saman. Well, that, um, that has plenty of panache right there. It really does. And, and, you know, the more you speak to her and the more you get to know her, the more you realize that that, that, uh, that she has a, a, a great deal of, of heft and panache about her as well. It's, uh, the more I have talked to her and the more I have learned about her, the more impressed I am. I mean, obviously with the, uh, with the Princeton pedigree, yes. uh, you know you're dealing with somebody who, uh, uh, who, who's been around the block, who understands a few things, but... Um, she, she really has been more than gracious in every every aspect, everything I've heard, everything I've seen, uh, everyone I've talked to who has talked to her. Um, they, they've just been enormously impressed. I think she's a great individual, and she's going to be a great fit at the LPGA. Well, uh, needless to say, some big shoes to fill with Mike Wan uh, moving on, actually, to become the head man at the USGA, but, um, you know, I think this is just a really interesting and um, solid pick, Steve, uh, you know, with her golf and sports background, which I talked a little bit about last week uh, on my podcast, but, you know, her most recent gig was she was seven years at Princeton at their, as their athletic director. She spent 19 years at Chelsea Piers, which is this world-class amateur sports complex in New York and Connecticut. And, you know, she's a five-time club champion at her own club, uh, carries a single-digit index, and, um, you know, was a all-star athlete in, in college. So... I think this is just a, a great mix, and some have said her resumes uh, may be deeper than any other commissioner that's taken the job. I don't doubt that at all. I mean, when you just look at everything that she has done, uh, and particularly, like you say, her sports background, she is going to relate to the players in a way that no previous commissioner has been able to do. Uh, she's going to speak to them as an athlete. Um, you, you don't you don't strap on skates and become a, a an all Ivy League uh, hockey player without having some um, uh, some real some real moxie, and I think she's got it. And that would uh, be ice hockey, not field hockey. That's correct. And it, you know, when you start talking about playing ice hockey, where you you know 
you have to master a, a pretty impressive skill before you ever play a single game, and that's skating. Uh, so to be able to do that uh, and then to, as you say, become a world-class golfer, compete in a number of uh, New York State amateurs with Dottie Pepper. She and Dottie have become close over the years. Um, I just think it's a, um, it's a wonderful fit in every respect. And throw in the fact that, like you say, she, she ran an athletic department uh, in one of the most prestigious schools in the world. So uh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm really excited about this, and I think, I think Mike did a wonderful job in assembling a team at the LPGA that, uh, that has really got this thing rolling in the right direction, and I think Molly is the next logical step for us. Well, you just came off a terrific event at uh, Shadow Creek in Las Vegas, uh, another very prestigious venue, and, um, you know, that, that was an exciting uh, format. What, what was your take, Steve? Um, I think people love match play. I think they love uh, the, the fact that this event fell right on the heels of the NCAA, which was exciting. So they wanted uh, kind of a more, more match play in their, in their lives. Uh, and then you had it at Shadow Creek, which is, you know, this golf course that's got a lot of mystique about it. Everybody's heard about it, but they really wanted to see it. Um, so all of those things combined to make this a, probably one of the best inaugural events we've had in quite some time. Uh, I, I want to mention briefly that um, Shen Shen Feng conceded her consolation match on Sunday. Uh, she had been through uh, quite a marathon on Saturday, going extra holes in two of her matches. And I don't know how many that amounted to, you know, by, by the end of the week. Uh, but, you know, she she said because the U.S. Open was around the corner that she felt this was, you know, best for her, you know, for her health and to, you know, prepare and be well rested. Well, I can tell you that in, that in the case of Chin Chin, she, she, was, she was absolutely exhausted. It was 98 degrees out there. And, uh, it, you know, it was so hot, in fact, that uh, one of the commentators from the Golf Channel actually had to go lay down in a car uh, because of heat exhaustion. It was um, it was pretty brutal. I mean, when you finished, you had Sophia Popov was taking off bloody socks uh, because she had played so many holes uh, over the course of the week. Wow. Um, so, so look, I don't you know I don't begrudge Shenzhen uh, conceding that match at all. Um, I talked to Ali Ewing's caddy uh, when we arrived here. He's, he wears a whoop band, which, um, you know, as you know, kind of chronicles all of your, your activities throughout the day. Uh, he burned 7,400 calories on Sunday. Holy so, smokes. I mean, yeah. I mean, when you start looking at, at the, you know, that kind of exertion, um, you know, I, I can see someone saying, hey, no mas, I'm, uh, I'm going to call it a call it a day. And I, I want to give some kudos to the LPG because I just recently, you know, was going through the website and, um, you know, talk about walking the talk. Uh, as I've said for a long time, the LPGA Tour represents, to me, the true global sports uh, entity right right now in, in, in professional sports, period. We know quite the mix of, you know, international players that have been playing on the tour for a long time. But you actually have uh, a, an area on the website, and in the nav bar, you don't have to go digging for it, and it's titled Diversity. 
and it, it says changing the face of golf. And this just really, you know, impressed me. Just the mix of players and the faces of the LPGA and the profiles uh, behind, you know, these great players and uh, just the racial diversity of the entire association, not only at the tour level, but the, you know, the junior girls in the LPGA. It, this is just fantastic. Well, you know, we have at the LPGA what, what most leagues uh, and really most companies are working desperately to try to create or manufacture or, in some instances, fake. Uh, we, we just have it naturally. I mean, the, the nature of our game, the nature of our tour, we, we have international representation. We have a diverse representation. Um, that you walk out there right now, I mean, you just look down the leaderboard. We have an amateur from India who is, uh, who's on the, the leaderboard. We have uh, players from 30 countries in the field. I mean, it's, it's, as, uh, it's as diverse as any sporting event in any league you will ever want to find. It certainly is, and I highly, highly suggest that my listeners go uh, look at the LPGA website. I mean, from the likes of Renee Powell, who's been, you know, just a, a pioneer in in the um, professional game. Of course, that wonderful Amy Bacher Bacher is that how you pronounce her last name? Bacher Steady. Bacher Yeah, Bacher. Amy Bacher Wonderful young lady. And Amy became the first person with Down syndrome in any sport uh, to compete in a national championship. And uh, so that's, you know, she, she just continues to make history and continues to impress. And, and we're just proud to be associated with her. Well, June is Women's Golf Month, and the biggest tournament, the U.S. Women's Open, is happening through Sunday. So let's break down some of uh, the players we should be keeping our eyes on. Steve, uh, tied for second, somebody whose game has really come around, Lydia Ko. Uh, you know, share with my listeners a little bit about what's what's been going on with, with Lydia's game. Well, Lydia has been working diligently on her game. I mean, she finally had a comeback victory. And, and uh, look, she, she it, it, people forget she's only 24 years old. Um, because she's been around. That's mind blowing to me. It really is. I mean, <laughs> the most most I don't know, a lot of these players who are rookies who are starting their careers at age 24, and we're talking about Lydia's comeback at 24. Um, but she's she's managed her body, she's managed her game, she's grown into herself now. Uh, she's hitting it longer than she ever has. But this golf course is perfect for her, Holly, because it is a short game paradise. Um, she is the kind of player who can be imaginative around these very difficult, very demanding greens, uh, who doesn't necessarily have to hit, you know, have to hit every single green in order to play well. She can leave herself some uphill chips. She can get this thing in, in the right position and then let her wedge and putter game, which is, has always been just magical, uh, come through for Well, someone that I'm so happy to see, Paula Kramer. She's she's back. She has suffered, you know, some terrible uh, nagging and chronic injuries, Steve. And uh, it's great to see Paula out there. It really is. I mean, I think it's been a, it's quite a surprise for some people too. Paula accepted a, a special invitation to this event because it. Uh, she she of course won this won this event at Oakmont, and so uh, she wanted to. Uh, to be able to play again and, you know, to come in here and do what she's done is, uh, I think a lot of people so far have been very impressed. Who are some other players we should be looking at? 
I'm really impressed by Mel Reed right now. Um, Mel Reed is as happy as she has ever been in her life. Uh, her game is as good as it has ever been. Her ball striking is just tremendous. And she has an advantage that a lot of players here don't. She's strong. And when you hit it in this rough, you have to be able to generate some speed and muscle to get it out. Uh, and Mel is, is really kind of, uh, she's a physical specimen. She's going to be able to advance the ball in the, out of this rough in some spots when other players are not. Well, and we mentioned her earlier, Shen Shen Feng is uh, in the mix here. We've got, uh, of course, still uh, a lot of players out on the golf course, but uh, it's, a, it's looking like a pretty tight leaderboard already, which you would expect at a, a course like Olympic Club. It really is. And, look, there have only been four players in history play 72 holes uh, under par in a championship at Olympic Club. Uh, and, you know, th- those two of those were back in the uh, mid-1960s, uh, Billy Casper and Arnold Palmer, you know, before you had a lot of the modern equipment and the uh, uh, modern rough that we've got now. So, uh, look, I, I still think even par here is going to be a good number at the end of the week. You see a lot of red uh, right now on the leaderboard, but it's Thursday. The rough isn't going to get shorter. The greens aren't going to get softer. And if the wind blows in off the Pacific, uh, you can expect the numbers to go up throughout the course of the week. Yeah, and you get, you know, for anybody that's been out there, you know that marine layer sets in. And uh, even in we, even we, in June, it can be a little chilly. We, we call it fog where I come from. But, yeah, I got been corrected out here twice. It's marine layer out here. Right. Yes, I agree. Um, Stacy Lewis, uh, it's good to see her back playing well. And, um, you know, Lexi Thompson. And, of course, we have to keep our eyes out for the Corda sisters. It's, uh, it's very, very early. There's a lot of golf to be played. Jess Corda in particular, uh, she has that look in her eye. And, I, and I, really, I really like the way throughout the course of this year, you haven't had to look far down the leaderboards to find them. Yeah, somebody it's nice to see more of another uh, name that our listeners would know is Michelle Wee West, who actually I think lives in, uh, does she live in the San Francisco area now? Uh, she lives about 15 minutes from the golf course, yeah. So um, if, if she doesn't actually belong here at Olympic. She belongs uh, right across the, uh, the lake at Lake Merced. Uh, but yeah, she, she's out here all the time and uh, has been doing well and, and it's been really kind of the unofficial host this week. Thing that's happening with the LPG Tour with women's golf, which you know, again, uh, we had Women's Golf Day on Monday, and it's Women's Golf Month. And um, what can I say? So many uh, good things happening for the game for women's golf, and I super appreciate you spending some time with us today for the Golf Insiders. Well, it's good to be with you, Holly, as always. Thanks so much.